Welcome back to another episode of the Love in a Cottage podcast. I'm your host, Paige Geidel, and I am so stoked that you found us. We are a community of creative Christian women in their 20s, and you are invited to be a part of it. Each week, I invite a guest on the show to chat about all things marriage, motherhood, homemaking, small business, and following Jesus. My friend, there is a seat here for you at the table, and I so hope that you choose to be a part of this community. Without further ado, let's dive into today's show. Hi friends, welcome back to another episode of the Love in a Cottage podcast. This is episode number 34 with Heather Summers. I'm so excited for you guys to hear our conversation today. Heather is a wife and a mom and a content creator based in New York City. And she has three girls under four, well her oldest just turned four. And she shares so much goodness about her life in New York City, kind of how the Lord led them there through her husband's school, but also about just what motherhood has looked like for her and a lot of moving that they've done and what those transitions have been like, as well as how anxiety has played a part of it and how God has brought her through it. So our conversation is awesome. I'm so excited for you guys to listen. I do want to say this probably doesn't matter to anyone else, but the sound quality kind of was a little like weird. I feel like my mic wasn't working for the first half and then we ended up having to like press record a second time because our babies needed us in the middle of it and then it changed. So that probably doesn't matter to anyone else, but I just wanted to say, I'm sorry, don't really know what happened, but you can hear us both clearly. It's not a huge deal. So Also, just wanted to take a second to thank you guys. Uh, If you have left a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts, I actually am told now that Spotify accepts ratings, which is pretty awesome. So wherever you listen to podcasts, if you would take a second to please rate and review the show, that would be so meaningful to me. The goal right now is to have 100 ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts by May. Today, it is April 12th, and right now we currently have 56, so thank you guys just for doing that. That helps other like-minded women find the show and is so encouraging to me in producing this. Thank you for listening to this intro. Thank you again for coming to listen to this episode. I know we have a lot of new listeners after Michelle Garrell's two-part interview, which was so much fun. If you haven't listened yet, you definitely need to go listen after this. Now let's dive on into my conversation with Heather Summers. Heather, welcome to the podcast. I am so excited to be talking with you tonight after bedtime. I know. Post-bedtime, kids are asleep. You just experienced my youngest waking up needing milk. Just like they always know. I feel like they have a sense when you're about to get started with something or think that you, you know, have a second to settle in to whatever it is that you're doing and they just know. Um, yes. But yeah, so excited to be chatting with you. So glad we connected. And yeah, thanks for having me. Of course. So this is so much fun. Um, I've been following along with you on Instagram. I don't know, like, I don't think quite a year. And I'm trying to even remember how I found your page. That's always like the fun game of like, I don't know. I know you do a lot of like, um, you work with a lot of brands that I love. And so maybe it was like through that, Mm. but I am super excited to just hear more about your family and your story. And also you live in 
New York City, which I just think is the coolest, especially with young kids. I have so many questions logistically about like how that works. I have so many questions about how it works. (laughs) Oh my goodness. You guys are, are doing it. Um, Could you just start off by sharing a bit about who you are, what you do? And yeah, I guess I just kind of gave away the spoiler of where you guys live. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. You said it well. Um, Yeah. So I am Heather. I am a wife to my husband, Michael. We have been married since 2015. Um, We got married right out of college, uh, dated a decent amount through college, got engaged at the end of school, and then got married right after. Um, And we have three girls. They are all ages four and under. Um, Lennon is our oldest. She's turning four in about two weeks, which I cannot wrap my mind around. There's something about four that sounds so much older than three. And so that sounds like a kid age. So I'm still wrapping my mind around, oh, that's like a kid. That's not like a, oh, a little toddler, you know. Um, So wrapping my mind around that. We're about to have a four-year-old. And then Georgie is our middle. She is two and a half. And James, our youngest daughter, is one. She just turned one in February. So they are all right around 18-ish months apart. Um, yeah, so that that is my little family. Um, we, yeah, like you said, we live in New York City. We have lived here since August of last year, so coming up on eight months, I think, if the math okay. is right. Um, yeah, so we moved here about eight months ago. Um, this was not in the plan originally, uh, but my husband started law school here, so we came here for school. Oh, my goodness. So here we are. Wow. So you have three girls under four in New York City and your husband is in school. Yeah. Wow. It sounds so crazy out loud. Yeah. Right. (laughs) I know. I feel like, so we had two girls while my husband was in grad school and Mm. at the time, I don't know, you know, like he and I talk about it and the pregnancy is a long time. And when you're living it, it just feels less crazy because it's like Mm -hmm. your norm but I kind of enjoy like telling people that that was our timeline and just like seeing their jaw (laughs) drop and then it's like reassuring I'm like oh yeah that was a little wild no wonder yep kind of like takes it it kind of helps you realize oh okay like the days of this feels hard it is so yes you know it kind (laughs) of like takes the takes the pressure off a little bit but no I hear you like whenever you're just kind of doing it that's just what you're doing. And, you know, if it feels like it's what you're supposed to be doing, then it's, it's all good, you know? Totally. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to start off today's conversation, just kind of talking about some of the different like moves and transitions that your family has made. Um, I went on your blog and got to like, just kind of read a little bit about your guys's story. And in addition to like following along with you on Instagram and all your just Mm -hmm. pretty content that you share there. (laughs) Um, So I know before we hit record, you said that you and your husband went to school um, at Baylor. So are you both from Texas or how did you guys end up there? Yeah. So I am from Texas originally um, from a really small town in North Texas that most people in Texas don't even know what it is. Um, (laughs) So really, really small town. Uh, My husband's from San Francisco Bay Area. So he is not from a small town, um, okay. not from Texas, but he came to Baylor for undergrad, which is where we met. So cool. um, yeah, so he uh, was a year younger than me in school. He never lets me forget. Um, but before we started <laughs> dating, I had actually switched majors 
um, that kept me at school for an additional year. And then when we started dating and realized we were going to, you know, we wanted to get married and graduating at the same time, it all ended up being, you know, it all worked out really well. Yeah. So that's where we met. We both went to Baylor and Waco. So. Okay. So cool. I was just there like two weekends ago for the first time. Yeah. Uh, it was so fun. Magnolia. Was getting married. Yes, I know. I could have spent so much time. <laughs> it was so fun. We did the farmer's market too, actually, which at first when they told me we were going, I was like, I love the farmer's market, but I was like, guys, it's coming into our Magnolia time. What are we doing here? But I actually ended up getting some like beeswax candles and like a handmade Amazing. bowl and it was, it was a worthy stop for anyone so who's fun. thinking oh. about going. I feel like Waco is a totally different place now. It's amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I honestly didn't know anything other than Magnolia. Like, yeah. Yeah. Just owning that. But it's a really cute city. And the size seems like really fun too. Like, I feel like because it's a college town, there's just a lot in addition, obviously, to, I guess, Magnolia stuff. But it didn't feel like huge, which was really interesting. Yeah. It's a sweet place. So you guys were there for school, and then did you end up moving to California right after that, or what was kind of like your timeline? Like you got married after graduating, you said. Is that right? We did. Yeah. So we graduated in May, got married in October of 2015. Um, So right after we graduated from school, we both moved to Austin, um, and we were actually in Austin for three years before moving to California. So we married just outside of Austin. Um, we lived in Austin, like I said, for three years. Um, Lennon was born in Austin. And then a couple months after she was born, we moved to Sacramento. Um, it was, yeah, it was a wild time, but you know, yeah, it was, it was so good, but we loved living in Austin. We had a really sweet season there. We, um, worked a lot of different jobs, had lots of transition, even there, obviously having our first child there. So it was a season that was full of so much, you know, so much change packed into a very short amount of time. Yes. <laughs> it was great. I feel like that is the story of like my life and so many other people's lives and just like life in your 20s, just transition after transition. So much. Totally. It's just figuring so much out and you're, you know, you're learning so much about yourself and you're learning. I know Michael and I both learned about a lot about what we did not want to do. And, yes. you know, I feel like a lot of times to, to get to a, a place where, you know, what you want to do, which I still don't know. And, you know, I think Michael has a little bit more of a clear direction now that he's in school and it's feeling right and good. Um, But uh, yeah, it just, it takes kind of narrowing things down. And um, yeah, that was a lot of what Austin was for us. Totally. And I don't know if you relate to this, but I have just felt this insane pressure from myself. I don't know. Maybe it's like culture subconsciously, but like, because I have babies, I think I've just felt like I need to be responsible and I am responsible, but I like haven't, (laughs) I like equated like figuring life out, quote unquote, to like responsibility and parenting. Mm. And yeah, I think there was a lot of, um, it was hard for both me and John to be like, accepting things that we don't want to do or things that we don't want our lives to look like because we have kids. I don't know. I was like, we need to figure out where we're going to be, what we're going to do. We need to buy a house and just be there forever um, to be good parents. And that's just Mm. like not it. But yeah, totally. So kind of processing through that. 
So that was a total aside. <laughs> um, so kind of centering back, um, I want to hear about this move to, you said it was Sacramento, is that right? Uh-huh. Yep. Okay. Sacramento. So what led you guys to make that big move there? Yeah. So um, like I said, our time in Austin, we loved it. We loved living there. We were a part of an incredible church there that we still miss. Um and it was really sweet. And, uh, you know, at the time I was pregnant with Lennon and, um, but we just, I don't know, we just kind of felt this unrest. I don't know. Like it was like on, on paper, everything was wonderful, really. Like Michael was at a good job. I was, um, at the time I was on staff at the church that we were at, um, and, uh, had just kind of started that job. And so was thinking that that was going to be like a bit more of a long-term, you know, at least a couple years and then, um, got pregnant with Lennon and just kind of in that time, we, Michael and I both just kind of had this feeling, I don't really know how much longer we'll be here. I don't really know why, but it was just kind of this feeling that we had. And, um, yeah, so, so with that, Michael was, you know, he was at a good job, but he wasn't loving what he was doing. And, he was just kind of thinking, you know, like if I leave, I don't want to just go into something similar, like, you know, kind of, kind of like, what do I want to do kind of feeling, which we all have, especially in our twenties. Um, and so anyway, he, um, like I said, is from the Bay area and his, um, he has a dear friend and mentor that, or um, a guy that has mentored him since Michael was 13, um, he married us. It's like this incredible. Okay, what a gift. That's amazing. I know. So amazing. <laughs> um, but this dear friend of his is um, uh, also a, a full-time, like he has a full-time job. He's not like just a pastor. And so they had always kind of talked about, oh, it would be so cool to work together. Um, you know, if like that ever aligned and there was an opportunity and that kind of thing. Um, and so right around the time that we were starting to feel a bit unsettled in Austin, like things were kind of shifting. Um uh, his friend reached out and they connected and it, there was an opportunity for him. So we felt like it was the right thing to, for him to take this new job. Um, the good thing about it is that he didn't have to live. It wasn't in Sacramento. It was in the Bay area, which we didn't really feel like was a, where we wanted to live at the time. Um, and so Michael knowing the area more, um, I've spent a decent amount of time in the Bay Area just having visited Michael's family and stuff over the years, but had never been to Sacramento one time in my whole life ever. Uh, yeah. Anyway, when we were thinking about where we wanted to live, like if we were going to make this move out here for him to take this job, where are we going to live? Bay Area didn't, you know, necessarily wasn't where we wanted to live and super expensive. We could not afford to live there even if we wanted yeah. to. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Probably. Um, and so, uh, you know, and Michael having grown up there, we, we were kind of, you know, we kind of tend to like want to do our own thing. And, um, and so we, he was just kind of like, I don't really know that I want to live. Like, you know, it just, we wanted to do something different. And, um, so for whatever reason, Michael, uh, Sacramento kind of came to mind. He had spent some time there as a kid, but hadn't been there in years, but he had heard a lot about it. It was growing. It was, um, you know, kind of on the up and up and still a little bit sleepy, like pretty affordable, that kind of thing. So we were hoping to buy our first home, like in this same season. And so that felt like, okay, well maybe that could work. Um, 
the timing of all this though, was that I was like 30 something weeks pregnant at the point where I couldn't travel. Like I wasn't allowed to travel anymore because it was getting so close to the due date. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, So what we, so I told him, I was like, okay, well, if we're going to move out to Sacramento, I've never physically been to Sacramento before. If we're buying a home, like buying our first home, at, you at least need to go to Sacramento and like scope it out, get a feel, see if it's like a place that we want to live. And I trust you, <laughs> which looking back, that is not my nature, especially in like not only moving, but moving across the country to a place that we didn't know anybody. We didn't know anyone that lived in Sacramento. And also buying and Are you pregnant home. with your first or your second pregnant at this point? First, first. Okay. So this is like weeks away from oh having gosh. linen. It was in the timing was so crazy. Yeah. Um, so uh anyway, he was like, okay. So he flew out to Sacramento by himself for like 24 hours to just basically cruise around and like Drive scope around. it out. Oh Literally like look around and like scope out neighborhoods and just honestly kind of get a get a gut feeling of like, does this feel right? And yeah. um they I feel like God's been really gracious in giving us lots of, you know, those senses and urges throughout our story, which we've been super thankful for. Um, so it's just kind of a feeling like he was just like, Heather, I think we would really love this. And so I was like, okay. So we decided then like, okay, we're going to move to Sacramento. Um, so that's what we did. We had linen and then we, we actually put our offer in on our house like days before linen was born not ever, having ever seen it in person. Like we'd seen pictures and, and stuff, obviously. Um, but we didn't see it in person. We knew that we were going to have to fly out and look at it like within, you know, the contingency period or whatever that we could back out. But we were like, okay, this, I guess we'll put an offer on this house. We like yeah. this house. Hopefully it's in a good place. <laughs> it was crazy. Um, so yeah, then had linen and then we ended up moving two months later. We moved. Um, so yeah, it was really wild. It was a, it was a crazy time to, it was all really exciting and it felt really right. I also don't think that I gave enough credit to, and you know, I had never been a mom before, so I had no idea what that transition was going to be like. Yeah. Um, so I don't think that I, you know, I was kind of like, oh, it'll be fine. You know, like, it's okay. It'll be fine. Like, this is great. We're excited about this move. It's going to be all good. And, um, you know, not that I thought it was going to come with no challenges, but I think I was a bit naive and, um, what that transition was going to be like in a new city, not knowing anybody. So it was, it was wild, but really exciting too. It was, um, it was a good choice. I'm, I'm thankful that we did it for sure. Yeah. Wow. Oh, I can't even imagine like all the fresh <laughs> hormones, breast milk, new body, like checkups, like so many things navigating all of that in a new city. That's so much, especially having like nothing to, compare it to, I guess. And honestly, I feel like this is the story that so many, it's so many women experience, you know, just like a Mm -hmm. transition after transition, especially with their first. And I know we moved to Kansas. uh, I was eight weeks, eight weeks postpartum. And yeah, it's really is so wild. Um, That was with my second granted, but yeah, when you're at that point, when you're like, yeah, I think I was like 30 weeks pregnant and I was like, are we moving? Are we not? Are we moving before the baby? Are we moving after? Just so many decisions there. That's a lot. Yes, that is a lot when there is 
a new life hanging in the balance of it all, you know, um, yeah. it's, it's huge. So yeah, it was, it was definitely a really tender time. It was a, it was a tough transition. Like the, everything logistically was really right and good. And, you know, we loved our house. We loved our neighborhood, all of that. And we really liked, you know, Sacramento overall, um, in the beginning, like we grew to love it and had like such dear friends there by God's grace. He provided so much more there for us than I would have thought in the first year. Wow. Um, but it was tough. It was, it was a tough transition. I, I really, you know, I think with it happening in such a tender time and I had also never lived anywhere other than Texas. And I had always thought it, maybe I would want to, um, but it was really hard. There was a lot, um, in that first year, um, just a lot of, you know, grief and loneliness and, you know, yeah, learning how to navigate, motherhood for the first time alone, like physically alone. And um, of course with Michael, but you know, um, and thankfully he was working from home a lot and he was able to really like be there in, you know, in person with me to support me through a lot of really tough days in that, you know, in that first year, especially, but you know, yeah, like I said, we were, we were so thankful that it ended up being such a sweet place that we were really sad to leave, um, which I, if you had asked me that in the first year, I would have been like, no, I don't want to stay here. I'm ready to go, you know, yeah. <laughs> just because it was, yeah, it just didn't feel like home for a while. Um, totally. But- and I feel like what can be so bittersweet is like things can start to feel like home whenever you are transitioning. Like I know for us, I I never, I felt like California was home, honestly, like since I had visited, but I, let's see, we moved to a neighboring city. Um, I went to school in Azusa and then we moved to oh, nice. a city called Glendora, which is like right there, right next to each other. And so, yeah, I remember like kind of just getting a feel for everything. But by the time we left, I was like, I miss our coffee shop. I miss our grocery store. I miss Mm -hmm. the people that I saw on our walk every day in our park and just all the things that you don't necessarily think you're emotionally attached to. But when you really do settle in, it's a lot to leave. And so – it sounds like the transition was initially really hard, but like you said, you grew to love it. And then how long were you there? And also what led you to move to New York City then? I know you <laughs> mentioned your husband's being in school, but I just kind of want to hear about like that process as well. Yeah. Yeah. So we were in Sacramento. We ended up being there for three years. Um, okay. And uh, we, yeah. So what led to New York, um, Michael had always you know, he had thought about law school, I think kind of quietly in the back of his mind for a while. Um, he studied business and religion and thought about seminary for a while. Um, but then, you know, actively pursued that for a little bit, like early on, like when we were in Austin and that just, you know, didn't quite feel right at the time. And, um, you know, so he just kind of kept on. And so, um, there were, uh, he just kind of came to a point in, in his job in Sacramento, um, that it just didn't feel like the forever job that he maybe thought it was going to be. And so with that, he was kind of like, okay, well, what do I want to do? Like at this point he had had a couple different jobs and he, you know, wanted to feel like he was doing something that was furthering his career and not just like a lateral step and, you know, all of those things. Um, and yeah, that whole, the whole process of ending up in New York and law school specifically, all of that was, it was really redeeming because the first year in Sacramento, like I mentioned, was 
really hard. It was an emotional grind. Like it was just heavy. And I spent majority of the first year, you know, just it, not wanting to be there. I didn't like it. I mean, I mentioned that we loved our house. We loved our neighborhood, all of those things, but I just didn't, I just didn't want to be there. I, it didn't feel right. I was really struggling to, um, yeah, I was, I was really lonely and, you know, going through a lot of things personally, like we talked about in just such a, such a tender season, being a new mom in a new place and all of that. Um, <clears throat> but at a tears and conversation and, you know, in love and in safe relationship, butting heads and trying to figure out, okay, Lord, like, what do we do with this? That we just seem to feel peace about completely opposing things. Like clearly you want the same thing for us. Um, and our, right. God's not telling you different things, but that's still so confusing if you both felt Mm -hmm. like strongly convicted and peace about your, I guess, stance. Yeah, totally. So it was, it was really hard and it just kind of felt for a while, like, what do we do with this Lord? Like, how are we like, what do we do with this? Like, this just doesn't make sense. And, um, so, uh, I don't know if you have read the meaning of marriage by Tim Keller, I believe I haven't read it the whole thing myself, but Michael has read it. I don't know if you've read it. So many people have recommended it to me. Like, especially a lot of people I think did like premarital counseling through that book and stuff. Yes. Yes. So that is where we got the book was premarital counseling. Um, Michael is an avid reader. I wish that I read as, as much as he did. Um, but he had, I actually think that he was kind of like going through the book in this time, just kind of looking for wisdom, like as, you know, as the leader of our family, like, you know, practically, what do we do about this? Um, because I was really hurting and really struggling. And so was he, he was, you know, it was hard for him to see me in, in that state and in such a, a tough, a tough place, um, knowing that it was somewhat because of like what he felt peace about. Right. So it was, it was this really tricky, hard thing. Um, but the, but meaning of marriage there, there's a portion of the book that I'm going to probably quote incorrectly. Um, but it's, they're referring to some, some situation of theirs that they were in a similar position, like that there was just, they, he referred to it as this log jam. Um, and that, you know, it's the husband's role as the leader of the family to break the log jam. And, and we felt after, you know, praying and praying and praying, you know, he was like, Heather, I feel like this is what I have to do right now. And like, this is really hard for, for me, but we have to stay. And I cried because it was so tense. It was such a, a hard, a hard time. Um, and at the time that felt like death to me, like, which sounds so dramatic, but I was just really struggling in so many different ways in that time. And, um, so I say all of this because I look back on it now and I'm so grateful that we stayed and we just saw, you know, that whole season just felt like God was just tilling the soil of my heart. Like it was painful and it was, um, I I just saw no end in sight. I was like, I, you know, we don't have any friends. This doesn't feel like home. I feel, you know, isolated in motherhood. I feel bored in motherhood and I feel guilty about it. And like all of these things, it was just like everything you could imagine. Yeah. Um, And no one to process that, those emotions 
with right. and if it's like this indefinite thing where you're like am I gonna be here forever totally oh totally. that's so hard it was it was really heavy and um but God was so so gracious and he just when we left I remember Michael and I um and I'll get to the New York decision in a moment. I promise I won't yeah, skip over it. But yeah. when we, there was this really sweet time at the end of our time in Sacramento where we found out in November um, that he got into into school here and that we said this is where we were going to be. And so we had this like six or like eight months or something. I'll have to go back and do the math where we knew where we were going, but we weren't leaving yet. And I was pregnant with James at the time. This was a couple months before she was born. So we just had this like really sweet amount of time to enjoy what just felt like the flourishing of, it was almost like this harvest season of just being able to enjoy these incredible deep friendships, you know, that I, in the first year could have not even imagined finding there. And um, yeah, just lifelong friends, like special ones, you know? Yeah. Um, And we were able to just enjoy that at the end. And it just felt like this gift and this, you know, almost like this marker, you know, of like, no, like I had so much in store for you here and you couldn't see it in that first year. Um, But, you know, I also couldn't have enjoyed it as much. I mean, that's the truth about like, you know, seeing everything on the other side, right. Is it can never be as sweet. I don't think without tasting the, you know, the difficulty of the, you know, the getting there, you know, um, Absolutely. And so anyway, all of this to say, um, our reason for staying in Sacramento came through Michael and I really struggled feeling like, okay, well then do my, do the things that I feel peace about or like my convictions, do they even matter? Like how much do they even matter? If, if, you know, like I, I fully trust Michael as the leader of our family and, you know, in, in godly submission to him as his wife. And I, you know, embrace that, like not selflessly always, but, you know, like I am, you know, doing my best to live into that. And, but like, where do I come in, you know, when it comes to like my own convictions and things like this, like, what if something like this happens again? And like, what does that look like? And so I thought long and hard about that through that season and never got like a clear answer. It was just kind of this thing I was like wading through and um, toward the end of our time in Sacramento, when, um, well, I guess about our, about two years in, um, when Michael was kind of feeling unrest about his, his work and all of that. And like, what, you know, what do I do for some reason? I just, it was almost like I had this aha moment of like, hold on, like, why would you not go to law school? Like, this is so fitting for you, your personality, your gifts, all of that. And it just made sense suddenly. It was just this, you know, this thing that I feel like God just kind of gave me really clearly, really suddenly. And um, at first, Michael was like, I I don't know. He's, you know, um, I tend to be more of kind of the dreamer, like, let's do this and like this huge thing. And he's like, but oh, my gosh, how all the little steps to get there. uh Is it worth it? Yes. (laughs) And I'm, and I'm like, oh yeah, you're probably right. Like I need to chill. Um, but so initially with law school, he was kind of like, I mean, maybe, I don't know. I don't know. Um, and then over time, um, he kind of felt like, okay, well maybe I'll just study for the LSAT and like, see how I do. Like maybe we'll just, you know, it was very much so this like step-by-step next right thing 
process. Like we'll just study for the LSAT and see see how he see how he does, and then kind of go from there. Like take it as an open door or not. Um, yeah. And so, in the end, <clears throat> um, he obviously went through the whole process, and it continued to feel right over time. And then. Um, in the end, when we were kind of trying to figure out, like, just some decisions had to be made in terms of, like, where he felt like he wanted to to go and, like, kind of, like, his top choice based on all of these things and all of that. And uh, when we were kind of trying to wade through, um, you know, kind of deciding, I guess, like, okay, well, where do we kind of want to put all of our eggs, you know, in, like, what basket, you know? And, um, and we, I remember we were just kind of, like, sitting in the living room and praying, and I just felt you know, like, no, I feel like we're supposed to go to New York. Like, I think that we're supposed to, that feels right. And Michael was somewhat leaning, you know, another direction. And he was like, yeah, me too. I, I think I do too. Um, and so I say all of that uh, because I felt like, oh, I do have a role to play in these big decisions. Like yes. God used, he did, he used me to bring all of the law school thoughts and New York and all of that conversation to the table. And um, it was especially redeeming in light of our first year in Sacramento. And I feel like, um, yeah, God was just really gracious in bringing it about in that way. So I'm really thankful to have been able to like, yeah, be a small part of his workings and in Michael and in our family in that way. Yeah, man, that is just beautiful. And I'm so glad that you shared all of that. I'm so glad because I think that really is going to set up um, a lot of what we talk about with with New York City and your time now, kind of knowing where you came from. And also, I just have a feeling that that's going to speak to someone who maybe is in the same season that you were in in Sacramento where they're feeling like, I don't feel like this is where I want to be or where I'm supposed to be. Or maybe they're like, struggling because they feel like the Lord is calling them somewhere and maybe their spouse doesn't feel that way. I just feel mm. like whether that's about location specifically or mm. just other big life things in general, you know, we talk a lot about like transitions on the show, but transitions come because of decisions and like hard conversations mm -hmm. and counting yeah. the cost in order to make these decisions and transitions. There's just so much there that you touched on. And I feel like that is going to be so encouraging to someone who is, like I said, in the thick of that, um, mm. just to even know that other people walk through that and other people struggle to kind of know, know their place. And I love hearing how the Lord did use your voice, um, especially because you were like seeking after what it looks like to love God and to love your husband. So mm. thank you for just sharing that story. Yeah, of course. So you guys have been in New York City for almost a year, you said, and just logistically, like I said, <laughs> I want to know what does a typical day look like for you? You're a stay-at-home mom, is that right, right now? Yes, yes. Okay. I am full-time stay-at-home with my girls. Um, yeah, we live in uh, – on the second floor, we live in a walk-up, so no elevator. Thankfully, we're not any higher up because we would never leave or get up the stairs with three toddlers in tow and how long it takes them to get up the stairs. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. How long but, does it yeah. take you? Is it like 
Are you wearing one? Are you carrying one? Groceries, uh, just so many things. You know, Paige, it honestly depends on where we're going, for how long, all of that. But there are certainly so many logistics to think through living here. Like it is, it's definitely unique in that, you know, we don't have a car. Um, we take the subway or we walk or we sometimes take the bus. So it's like, you know, all of those things in mind, depending on where we're going, what makes the most sense? How long are we going to be out? Do I wear James for majority of the time and bring the double stroller so that nobody has to walk? Do I bring the single and then Lennon can ride her scooter, but that's only if we go so far. And then, you know, if she gets tired, am I going to be able to somehow carry the scooter and the stroller and James up the stairs and, you know, so it's just yeah. like all of these, it's like all these crazy logistics, which I wish I could say I handled more, more gracefully than I actually do on most days. Um, but yeah, it's, it takes a lot of planning for sure. <laughs> yeah, man. I just like my initial thought hearing all that. And like I said, I want to hear more about like typical days for you guys, but yeah. just like the insane capacity that the Lord is like growing in you right now. Like the fact that you are like doing all this, thinking about all this, just like how graceful and calm of a woman he's like creating you to be, you know, cause that's oh like gosh. so much just like expanding your capacity through this. But <laughs> I know I have two, we were talking about our girls mm. and kind of their age gaps and Let's see. I think it was yesterday. There's a nature trail somewhat close to our house and okay, somewhat it's like 20 minutes away, but we were in that neck of the woods anyways. And there was a coffee shop. And so I was so excited. I was like, we're just going to have this chill morning. I'm going to get a coffee and we're going to go on a nature walk. And I was feeling like such a good mom. Amazing. I felt prepared. And we do this like logistics shuffle all the time where we have a double stroller and I have the carrier and both girls could go in the carrier, not like obviously at the same time, but I can switch them out. Mm -hmm. And we are literally like a 60 second walk from the start of this very mild <laughs> trail. And already I have like carried Flora put her down, held her hand and walked. And then she wants in the stroller. So then she's in the bottom basket and then Juliet's kind of fussing. So I'm like, <laughs> maybe I should swap them. And, you know, we're just like going back and forth. Mm -hmm. And then we just found a bench and I was like, we're just going to be here. And then we are going to go back to the car. Yes. <laughs> like 20 minutes, but I can't like, I again, feel that's that on so in many nature, levels. not around like tons of people on trains. Like that is another level. It is, it is wild, but I, you know, I feel like it's all relative. Like it's, it's all tough, you know, it's like hard for you and where you are and what you're doing. And it's hard for us sometimes, you know, and like what, and where we are and what we're doing logistically, it's like, it's all relative. It really is. Um, but you know, yeah, I feel like there's something, you know, like I said, there are, there are lots of days that I, feel so daunted by all that it takes to get out that we don't and we just don't and yeah so on those days you know I struggle with like oh am I being selfish you know I start to feel guilty like oh, I'd be so good to get out or, you know and so I'm, I'm trying to kind of like work through 
the balance there of like, no, it's okay sometimes to just stay home if it feels like too much. And then there are also some days that it's like, no, you know, I need to kind of set myself aside and like, not, you know, this is just what it is. And this is what it takes to get out and do it. So like, let's just do it. And, you know, for them, even if I don't want to, you know, and so I, yeah, I am selfish much of the time, um, but I'm trying to, to, you know, um, yeah, set myself aside more in that way, um, which feels more doable now that it's getting a bit warmer. It's been really hard to like feel motivated to get everybody bundled up when it's like 25 degrees in the winter time. <laughs> so, which is okay. I think it's okay to stay home when it's 25 degrees. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That's so wild. Um, do you feel like, do you guys have any parks nearby? Like, are there nice ways for you to get outside without like, yeah, getting on the subway and just dealing with all of that? Totally. Totally. I, we, we can pretty much walk. Like the, the great thing about New York is that no matter where you live, pretty much everything you would need is right there. Um, cause it's everywhere, you know, so yeah. pretty much everything that we would need like a day-to-day basis, we could walk to if we wanted. Um, but yeah, thankfully we, we live really close to central park, which is really, really nice. So we can just zip over there and we feel so grateful that that is the case. Um, I think, I think it's been so good for all of our morale, like, you know, being able to look out the window and see trees and not somebody else's building or, that kind of thing, like not, you know, it's like, oh, there's nature outside, which is really, yeah. really, really nice. Um, That's huge. So yeah, really easy to, you know, zip over there and go to a playground. There are a couple playgrounds really close to us, which is really, really nice. And then obviously all the wide open space in the park is amazing. So that's been huge for us for sure. Good. That's so good. We lived yeah. in London for a short period of time right after oh. – getting married. And so I'm kind of like thinking back a little bit to our time there and how it's similar. Granted, we did not have kids, so it was different, but still like just being able to be in the green spaces Mm -hmm. was huge. I knew I liked nature and being outside, but we lived there like in winter. We were there January through May. And so I don't think I realized how much I like really loved and craved the outdoors and now I'm like full outdoorsy gal so amazing there you go I love it <laughs> so I know you shared a little bit kind of like on your blog and just in our conversation about how the Lord has really like taught you to take things moment by moment and I guess you were just kind of touching on this and like yeah just like everyday mom life of handling three small girls and going up the stairs but what do you feel like the Lord has shown you um, just like thematically in the beauty, gifting, necessity, whatever you'd like to fill in the blank for um, when it comes to just taking things moment by moment and also kind of what has, um, I know you shared a bit about like your anxiety as well. How do you feel like that has played a part in that? Mm, yeah, that's oh a huge question. I wish, <laughs> yeah, I, you know, Paige, I wish that I could like, tie a pretty bow on this question and like present it to you well. Um, but uh, admittedly, I am in the thick of it, sister. It is, I feel like, um, you know, I have always struggled a lot with being present. You know, I think we all struggle at, in one way or another with that at times, but I, 
um, I've always really, really struggled with that. It's, it is no secret to Michael, to myself, like, you know, I struggle to be present and content in the season, the day, the moment. Um, and it's something that I've been aware of in myself for a long time. Um, and so, yeah, it just, you know, it's, it's the, you know, it's the lie of, you know, oh, well, if only I could get to this or do this, or if this could happen, you know, then I will feel better or I'll be able to rest or, you know, I'll feel grounded or at peace or whatever it might be. And, you know, like I said, I think we all experience that in one way or another. Um, but in a big way in these last couple months, I have just come really face to face with that in myself in, um, in, in a real way and really struggling. Um, yeah, just in the day to day to be present. And, um, and I think that that's partly, you know, I, I, I do quite a few different things like alongside of mothering. And so I think I've been kind of trying to figure out like, you know, how do I wear lots of different hats and also not feel like I'm going crazy. And when yeah. I'm not doing something, how do I not think about it if I don't need to, and just be here like with my girls, or if I'm choosing to, um, you know, get some work done or do whatever it is that I need to do during the day and not be like sitting, doing something with my girls. How can I be present in that and not feel guilty the whole time that I'm doing it? Because, you know, just that whole thing. Um, and so I feel like if anything, I'm very much so in the like hands open place of, okay, Lord, like, what are you trying to teach me in this? Like, this is something that I am just struggling with. And, you know, yeah, I, like I said, I wish that I had some resolve or like nuggets to give. Um, but if anything, I feel like the gift has just been that God has one, made it very clear to me that I need his help in this, that I need him to um, teach me how to be more disciplined in some ways to also help me to, um, you know, almost take off the guilt and shame that I feel in certain moments that I don't need to feel and all of those things. It's so layered. I, it's, yeah. um, and so, yeah, I, I feel like by his grace, <clears throat> he's made that really clear to me in some big ways. And, um, yeah, I feel like if anything, if he's taught me anything lately, it is just that I cannot, I don't think that it's something that I, you know, whether it's day-to-day -day presence and also as it relates to anxiety, which I feel like is a very related thing, but also a, a separate thing and has been like somewhat of a separate experience um, that I just can't do better for it to go away. Like I need, you know, I, I feel like I have been subconsciously and consciously feeling like, okay, well, if I could just be more disciplined or if I could time manage better or if I could just not, you know, whatever, fill in the, fill in the blank, like really putting it all on myself. And, you know, that obviously never works. <laughs> and I feel like if anything, he has just graciously met me in the moments where it doesn't work. And he is just, yeah, he's just graciously reminded me of his presence. And, you know, yeah, I feel like if I look back on the way that he has taken us through our life as a family so far and for all of us, right. It's the next right thing. It's like taking the next right step. 
never, or at least we have not experienced like, you know, getting the whole picture of anything, whether it's a day-to-day sphere or a big thing sphere, you know, however you want to say that. Um, And I feel like he is helping me kind of, he does that. He's done that in lots of big ways. And I feel like he's helping me see that that applies in the day-to-day too. Like, you know, just take this moment by moment. Like there is daily bread here for you. Like there is moment by moment bread for you here available in me. And, um, and so, yeah, it, I feel like he's, the real gift has just been, you know, not that anything has like tangibly changed in like my ability to do it better. At least as of now, I feel like he has just really graciously and gently reminded me that he's with me and that he, you know, he, he not only has gone before me in it, in it all, but he's with me. And even in a day-to-day sense, when I'm feeling like I can't, you know, play with my girls without thinking about the million emails that I haven't responded to or vice versa, um, you know, that he's with me and that he is inviting me into his peace. If I, you know, it doesn't require much from us, right? Like it's just being quiet. I just need to be more quiet (laughs) and like listen to him more um, without trying to like work it all out on my own, even in the day-to-day small ways that I, you know, struggle to be present moment by moment. Um, so yeah, I don't know if that fully answered your question, but. Well, first of all, I just want to thank you for like vulnerably being willing to share that and show up in that way. Because I think Mm -hmm. a lot of times it's so hard when you're in process, right? Like Mm -hmm. it's so much easier to share like your Sacramento journey, for example, like it happened, the Lord brought you through and here's your testimony and here's some like Mm -hmm. encouragement and those things are great. But to show up when you're like, I don't, I don't know where this is going. I have not figured it out, figured it out. Like Mm -hmm. I am still, yeah, in the midst of this is hard Mm -hmm. to admit and hard to talk about, I think sometimes. So just thanks for being willing to do that. And I even want to spin it back and just like touch on something that you said, which is like, I think there's this temptation and this message in mom culture right now to just like do better, like figure it out, like time management. And then that will make like anxiety or stress. Um, I know those are two different things, but that will like just make Mm -hmm. whatever struggle we have, especially with mental health go away. Mm -hmm. And I think time management is great. I think like spiritual disciplines and life disciplines are great and have their Mm -hmm. place. But yeah, it really does put it all on us. And that is like actually not what Jesus says. He says like, Mm -hmm. take my yoke upon you Mm -hmm. and learn from me. Like I am going to carry you. And Mm -hmm. it's so easy and so hard. It's like, but how, like, what does that practically look like? Actually play out. (laughs) Yes. The dishes still need to be done. The diapers still need to be changed. The emails still need to be read and responded to, you know? And that is what I think, again, not to like shame or demonize, like these good strategies, they're important. Mm -hmm. But if that's like what we're running to, then no one, no wonder we're going to like just struggle with that guilt and that shame. And so for sure, um, for sure. Yeah, I just I relate to that hmm. a lot as well and just really appreciate you um being willing to share what that journey has been like for you and that 
really just leads into another question. I feel like I'm relating so much to so many of your nuggets from your stories, but I know (laughs) kind of as you and I were messaging, like talking about our conversation and what just the Lord has been like doing in your life and laying on your heart, you said something about like you are learning or have learned to embrace motherhood as like the thing and kind of like fight the struggle to look to more to fulfill you. And Mm. I want to hear about that and also just share for myself, like that has been a huge part of my story. You just like so accurately summarize that, especially like Mm. my first year postpartum. I like my whole life had like wanted to be a mom, wanted to be a wife, like stay at home. And then I had Flora and there was so much like postpartum mental health things, birth trauma that was unrecognized, Mm. unresolved, Mm -hmm. pandemic, et cetera, like so many layers. And I was just like, this is not my thing. Not that I like didn't want to be a mom and not that I didn't love it, but I was like, what else? Like, let me start these projects. Let me start these things. And, um, man, I just like see and feel that temptation. Even now, I think God's Mm -hmm. healed a lot and spoken a lot and there's so much I'm letting go of, but I know you shared a bit just kind of again in our messages when we were talking about this, Mm -hmm. that like, maybe your perspective has changed because you said that you guys are done having kids. So anyways, I'm kind of giving away your whole story, but I want to, I want to hear from you on this topic. Yeah. 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 So again, like, I feel like that is such an ongoing thing, right? Because even when, you know, you have your first, you know, then if you have more, you have another and another. And I feel like with each it's, it's a change. It's a transition for you. It's a transition for your family. It's obviously going to bring a lot with it and, um, you know, a lot of wonderful things, but also, you know, potentially difficult things. And, um, so yeah, when I, and it was such a, it was such a tender season. Like I already talked about that first year in Sacramento. It was obviously the first year that I had been a mom. And, um, so when I look back on that time, um, I was so lonely and I, you know, God is gracious in that. I think he redeemed a lot of, you know, and was in a lot of the things that I was doing to fill the time. Like it can be both. I think, um, you know, I think I was bored. I think I felt bad that I was bored because if you're a mom and you're home, you know, I was so thankful to be home with my child. It was like, I wanted nothing more but I was so bored, especially not knowing anybody, which I'm sure played a unique part in that. And also when they're a baby, you know, it's like you just going on about your business to a certain extent with a baby in tow. And, you know, it's, it's different than like when you're with your toddler doing things, right. It's, it's just different when those, you know, early newborn infant days are quiet in a sense. They're not, but you know, which now, I don't know, I've had to like work through this, but there have been hard days where I've been like, what was I doing? Because I felt bored too. And I'm like, I would love to just like snuggle my baby, do not whatever I want, but I was like, sure. what was, why did I waste that away? Anyways, yeah, just totally, relating. Totally. Well, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. also, you know, like, yeah. each, and that's true with everything I feel like, right? To a certain extent, but um yeah, I, yeah, I look back on that first year, especially, and I, and I think, I think it was honestly the, you know, 
kind of the starting point of a lot of my anxiety that I struggle with now. Um, but I think it was just, you know, when you, if you're able to, I mean, not even just if you're able to stay home, when you have a child for the first time, I mean, your life as you know, it is completely different forever. And that feels like, well, duh, you know, but I mean, forever. And so it makes so much sense. Like looking back, I'm like, oh, Heather, I wish that you had been kinder to yourself and like had more grace and like just given yourself a second. Um, but, you know, like, oh, what a tender time that I wish we could, you know, I guess I'll speak for myself. I wish that I could have been slower in it. Like, I think I was just really quick to, um, you know, and I'm sure that this is a lot of my own, you know, inability to work through things emotionally and things like that. I'm certainly not perfect in that area, but um, I was so quick to fill, you know, feel like I needed to like fill the time with something um, productive or, and, and it makes sense because it, you know, when you're home with little ones, it feels like you're doing everything and nothing and you almost have like nothing to show for your day, right? I know I'm not the first. That's not a unique revelation. I know that many people feel that way. Um, yes. So I think I was just so quick to jump into whatever it was, whether it was like some sort of new hobby or, um, you know, like I said, I tend to have like all these big ideas and like want to do all this stuff and just like jump in really, really hard to things. And I was just doing that. And um, like I said, I think some of it, you know, I think it can be both and like a lot of it was probably driven from a place of needing to just fill the space and, and not quite knowing what to do with myself. Um, and, you know, looking for a sense of like identity or, you know, and um, also I think it, some of it was from the Lord because a lot of those things ended up being really good things for me. Um, but I think like, you know, more of a heart position, it felt like I didn't know how to just be and, of course I didn't. I had never done it. And so I don't say that to say like, oh, so you should be able to know how to just be. I almost think that it's not, maybe it's not possible. Um, but I say that, you know, now having three and knowing that our, that James was our last one that we're done after her, there was just this sweetness that came with having her and, you know, and maybe, you know, knowing that it was all the last time, um, it's just a perspective shift. Like, man, this, the days are so long, but the years are so short. Again, not a new revelation, but it's just true. And, yeah. and so I feel like day to day, I wish that I could say that like, so every day I feel like motherhood is, it's okay for like this to be the thing, because that's certainly not true. But I feel like I'm more okay at a heart level on a big scale, I wish this would play out more day to day, but like on a, on a, in a big picture sense, like, oh, this is such good and holy work. And it's so, it's so, it just makes so much sense because it's, it's not about us. Like mothering my children is not about me. And, but the, but the gift for me is that it also is, you know what I mean? It's like, yes. I get to partner with God in it and then get to enjoy fruits of that, that mm -hmm. benefit me, right. That like fill me up if I let them. And so I feel like, you know, 
yeah, I feel like the gifts come, you know, there, there are gifts in realizing that, yeah, like if I just, if I could just be in this, if God could just help me be in it, like there is life and goodness here for me too. Like I'm not lost in it. Does that make sense? Oh, it makes so much (laughs) sense. Yes. You're like sowing these seeds, seeing no fruit sometimes for years, but also God is like meeting you and refining you and like healing and changing you, but it's not about you, but it is. Yes. Just Uh really love how you Mm -hmm. were able to unfold all of that for us. Thank you so much. Um, So we are going to switch gears a little bit. I just want to thank you again for sharing your heart in relation to motherhood and moves and um, just dealing with a lot of big changes in life. Mm. But I cannot you know, end this interview without talking to you about your style because I love it. I love your (laughs) home. I love your outfits. I love everything. (laughs) And you're so so kind. Thank you. Oh, it's so fun to follow along and see just like what you guys are up to and what you're styling in your home. Um, It's like wild to me to think about having three littles in an apartment. I mean, that's like what we had. We were in like a 600 square foot apartment in California. Mm-hmm. Um, but we had just, Juliet was only there for like eight weeks and I was just losing my mind. And it's funny in hindsight, again, I was like, man, I could have like organized better. I could have, I would furnish that space so differently, mm-hmm. but I'm assuming you guys like downsized cause you had a house in Sacramento mm-hmm. and now you're in an apartment. How many bedrooms is it? It is two bedrooms um, and it's 600 square feet. So it's teeny. It's yeah, but we're, we're so thankful that we were able to find a place with two bedrooms that we could do. It has been, we were coming into this whole thing, like fully prepared. It's very possible. We might have to live in a one bedroom place and like have a Murphy bed in the living rooms type of situation or something for us. So we're very thankful that we have two bedrooms, but yes, two bedrooms, 600 square feet. So very teeny tiny. Okay. Wow. So, so many questions, but I am going to keep it focused. (laughs) (laughs) So what are your tips for like styling a small space, especially with young kids? Mm -hmm. You do this so well. And I think so many people find themselves like, their first baby, or maybe honestly a couple kids like in an apartment. And Mm -hmm. I just want to know how you guys like maximize your space, but also how you make it beautiful. And it doesn't just feel like, yep, you walk in and it's obvious that like three little kids live here, you know? Yeah, we, well, thank you for your kind words. You're very sweet. Um, you know, it's, we, and I, I don't, was, I just realized that was really harsh how I said that. Not that it's bad no, I, to feel like kids live there, but you know, it still tol- feels like totally your beautiful space. <laughs> I, I totally know what you mean. 100%. Um, yeah, we, so when we moved here, it, it was actually really fun because we basically sold everything, um, aside from our couch, the girls, toys and beds and our bed. And we kind of were like, we're just going to start over because we knew that if 600 square feet was going to work for us, we had to make sure that we got the right stuff. Like we couldn't, we didn't want to just fit stuff in. And I'm thankful we were able to do that. Um, But it was, it was, uh, yeah, it was a fun challenge for us to like get to 
you know, purge, sell all of our stuff on the back end and then kind of start over here, kind of like get a sense of the space and like what made sense. Um, Another amazing thing is that New York Facebook marketplace is a gold mine. And that is like how we furnished our apartment. We, um, we love shopping secondhand. And so it was really fun to come through marketplace to find. Oh my gosh. I can't imagine. Oh, it was awesome. Um, so all that to say, um, we are not too precious with anything that we have. We, you know, we have a white sofa and we always have, and we just know it's going to get dirty. Like that's just what it is. But we, I love a white sofa and I don't want to not have one just because we have kids. Like I know, um, you know, we just have a slipcover one that we wash. And if I'm, you know, really concerned, we'll like put a blanket on it, you know, that kind of thing. So we, um, we're fully prepared for the things that we have to get dirty to potentially break. Um, you know, we have never really like done crazy baby proofing or anything like that, aside from like making sure plugs are covered up and obvious like safety things that, you know, we want to definitely make sure of. Um, but we just kind of over time, like, you know, if there's something like a, like a vase that's kind of within reach, we just kind of, Hey, that's not for touching, you know? And like, eventually they learn and like, yeah, there's been a time that someone touches the vase and it breaks and, you know, but it's not too precious. So it's all right. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So that's just kind of how we go about it. Like we, um, you know, thankfully in a small space, you can pretty much see everybody all the time. So if somebody's like touching something they shouldn't, it's, you know, you don't have to worry about like, oh, so-and-so is like way around the other side of the house and they're doing who knows what with who knows what. Um, so yeah, thankfully everything's pretty much within our site here, which also helps. Um, you know, we're also pretty, I'm not afraid to get rid of stuff. Like I, and maybe that's just the way I'm wired. I don't know, but that really helps. And I feel like that's become even more necessary in such a small space because we just don't have room for stuff. Um, you know, and the same goes for toys and things like we, um, we just try to have what, you know, we try to keep it on the, on the more minimal side. Um, you know, I've just always really enjoyed having things for the girls that they play with all the time and like kind of ruthlessly getting rid of the rest. Um, you know, and again, that's really helped in a small space too, to not really have an option to do anything other than that. Um, but yeah, so we, um, yeah, it's, I, I found that we really haven't had to make a lot of sacrifices in terms of our style. I think that if you, you know, that you can make it work if maybe you're willing to like hunt for a little while longer to find that perfect thing or, um, you know, maybe be a little bit more. I've learned that I'm very impulsive. I used to be when I was shopping and things like that. And so I've learned to just kind of go with my gut that if I initially, if I don't love something right away, don't buy it. And, or like, if it doesn't feel right, don't put it there. Like I will regret it. I will want to change it. And same goes for like, you know, keeping things, whether that's toys or like decluttering, that kind of thing. Like if I don't absolutely love it right away, like let's get rid of it. And I feel like that really helps us manage the clutter and therefore like be able to keep our place more organized and not like there's just, you know, kids stuff overflowing and that kind of thing. Totally. That makes so much sense. I love that you said that like you have the things that you love, like your white sofa, but you also have like already gone ahead and accepted like 
I know this will get dirty, but that's not like keeping you from embracing the style that you love. I just love that. I have a lot of white clothes and (laughs) uh, my girls have a lot of, yeah, I guess like lighter colored things. Yeah. I've just like gotten really good at getting stains out and that's Mm -hmm. okay. (laughs) There you go. There you go. So um, my last question kind of in a similar vein, like do you feel like in terms of, I guess home, but also like your clothes. I have talked to so many moms lately where it's like, what even is my style? Like I'm trying to think about things that I can like wear and practically like chase kids around in or like breastfeed Mm -hmm. in. Just like what? Do you feel like your style has changed at all since like having kids or do you feel like you really defined it before having babies and you've just kind of like stuck with it? I, I feel like if anything, having kids has helped me simplify my style. Not that I ever had like a complicated style or like fussy. I've never had a like, you know, I've never enjoyed wearing things that are like super fussy or, you know, whatever. I, I keep it pretty simple for the most part. Um, but yeah, I found, I mean, having kids and I know I'm not the only mom to feel this way. Like you just, you know, I want to not have to really think too much about what I'm putting on but I want to know that it's going to feel like me and that I, you know, I feel good when I get dressed or feel like somewhat put together, um, which does not happen every day. But I've been trying to get dressed more, you know, just kind of like, why not? Why, why not? Like, what am I waiting for? Like what day, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I feel like if anything, being a mom has helped me hone in on like, what do I really love what do I feel best in and just kind of going with that and again like I was saying earlier I have historically been pretty impulsive and just like you know have had way more than I need at times in terms of clothes even too and um yeah I just I've gotten to where I think maybe because there's so many bodies in the house now and so many other people's things it's like I don't want to have to deal with like all these extra things for myself you know, um, that totally makes sense. You yeah. know what I mean? And so I feel like, yeah, I, I feel like if anything, motherhood has simplified my style, which I guess in a sense has helped me hone in on, you know, what feels most like me, what is going to last the longest, um, but also still be, you know, cute in my eyes, you know, um, that kind of thing. Um, I'm trying to think if there are any other thoughts there. Um, Oh, yeah. And, you know, just financially, too, it obviously costs a lot more to buy clothes for five people versus two. And so with that in mind, you know, that kind of forces you into, you know, we don't have infinite amounts of money in our home. And so that obviously kind of forces you to think about, okay, like, if I can only have, like, if I can only spend like this much on clothes, like, I would rather, I've learned that I would rather have way fewer things, but things that I really love. And then I just don't have to think about it again. Um, And then also feel most like myself too. So like simplifying in that sense also. That totally makes sense. I love that. I feel like I have admitted this on Instagram and I'm okay admitting this here too. I have really found myself the last like few months just wearing the same clothes for days in a row. Totally. Like, <laughs> in a row. And I'm like, wow, I apparently really love these jeans and this shirt. Never thought I was a jeans person, but like, it's a lot colder here. 
I need pants and these jeans fit me well. And I must love the shirt that I'm actually wearing right now because I've been wearing it for a, a couple of days. So I just agree with you and um, love what you're saying about, yeah, really investing in things that are good quality that you love um, and simplifying things, especially with like laundry, all that. Heather, it has been such a joy to talk mm. with you. We're just going to wrap up with a few fun questions that I like to ask every single guest who comes on the show. So yeah. rapid fire, just whatever comes to mind, you can answer. And okay. so my first question is, what are three things that you have been loving? This can be like food, accounts, mm. books, shows. Oh, man. Three things that I have been loving. Um the first one that comes to mind, I just started a book. I'm like 30 pages in, but so far I'm really enjoying it. It's called, uh, I have it right here. It's called Find Your People by Jenny Allen. Um, have you read it? Okay, no, but one of my friends just posted something on her story. She was like, I'm loving this. I listened to an interview with Jenny Allen talking about the book. So I haven't yet, but I've heard amazing okay. things so far. Okay, so far, like I said, I, I just started it a couple days ago. Um, and I'm reading it when I, when I can, but, um, really enjoying it so far. And yeah, I, I feel like it's, it's coming at a really, um, it's really timely for me just in terms of the importance of community and, and, and prioritizing it and like putting in the work and also letting friends into your stuff. And, um, yeah. that feels really, yeah, really, really timely, timely for me right now with, um, you know, just, yeah, some of the things that we already talked about that I'm kind of walking through right now with anxiety and overwhelm and all of those things. Um, yeah, so that feel is really great. I'm loving that book right now. Um, excited to finish it. Uh, the next thing that comes to mind, there is a brownie recipe that we have been making nonstop that I am loving so much. It is Smitten Kitchen. Do you cook any Smitten Kitchen things? No. I yeah. Is it a blog? Uh, okay. Yes, it is a okay. blog. She also has a cookbook. Um, and, uh, she has brownies on there. They're just like basic brownies, no frills. They're so, so good. They have sea salt in them, which always sells me. Um, so yes, I will send you a link. They're very amazing. Please. So we've been making yes. those a lot. And the last thing that comes to mind, I am loving daffodils right now, which sounds so silly, but I am not a daffodil girl. I am not a yellow flower girl. Typically. Um, I like to buy white flowers mostly, um, but there are so many daffodils popping up in Central Park right now in the last week or two, and it has just brought me so much joy to see them. It's just felt like a really long winter, and this is the first place we've lived that winter has actually been consistent. <laughs> you know, it's like winter has been winter the whole time. Like there isn't, you know, it's not like Texas or California where, you know, the cold days are the rare ones, and yeah. then it's like pretty mild the rest of the time. Um, it's been winter. And so seeing the daffodils popping up everywhere is just making me really happy. So every time I see them, um, yeah, like, oh, I want to go buy daffodils and like put them in our apartment because they're bringing me lots of joy. So mm. that's number three. <laughs> I love that. Thank you so much for sharing those three yeah, things. Totally. How can we as a community be praying for you? Oh, that's kind of you to ask. Um, Oh, I would say, um, like I said, we we are wrap coming up to what I hope is maybe the tail end of some tough weeks. He just like you know wading through 
um, I know I keep bringing this up, but it's just so it's honestly just been a thing. Um, just kind of working through my anxiety and like what that is and how it's affecting me and, you know, how do I, you know, walk, move, move forward in it, realizing, you know, what it is and all of that. So I think just prayers for, um, just grace for myself in that. And also just the, just courage to continue to be transparent with myself, with God, with my, with friends, like letting people into it when it's, um, you know, letting them into the mess and not to the like day after, you know? Um, so I would say that. And then, um, also just, yeah, Michael's going to be entering into finals season here in just a couple weeks and it gets crazy. Um, you know, he's just so busy when that time comes with so means busy time for all of us. So just prayers. Yeah. Prayers for our family and that, that we would, you know, walk through it well and that we would love each other well in it when we know we're all pretty, you know, spread thin in that season. So thank you for asking. Totally. We will definitely be praying for you guys, for your family thank and you. for all that's coming up and that you're currently walking through. Thanks. And Heather, where can people find you and connect? Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram at Heather M. Summers. And then um, you can find my blog through there or just go to it separately. I do have a blog um, and it is summersinthecityblog.com. I love it. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story with us today. Yeah. Thanks Paige for having me. It was such a pleasure. So much fun. Thanks for listening to another episode of Love in a Cottage. I am so grateful you decided to join us today, and I hope you're going forward in your day feeling encouraged, understood, and inspired. If you like today's show, I would love to encourage you to share it with a girlfriend. You can also screenshot this episode and share it on your Instagram stories, which will help more like-minded women find our show. Speaking of Instagram, while you're there, why don't you go ahead and follow us? Because guys, I promise we're super fun. (laughs) We share content there throughout the week about the show, and it's a great way to connect with fellow listeners and keep up with the guests that you might have heard. We also do fun quarterly giveaways and just share inspiring content. If you're looking for more connection, you can also join our Facebook group, which is linked in the show notes of every episode. There are weekly episode discussions, and it's a great way to find friends and listeners who might be in your area. And finally, if you'd like to support us, you can please write a review on iTunes because this will help boost our show so other like-minded women can find it. Your support means so much to me, you guys. Thank you again for being here. So grateful for you. We'll see you next week for another episode.